Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast. Living large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, and today I have our co-host, Dave Anderson. Oh my God! <laughs> today we're talking about lunch plans. Lunch plans. Alone. Are you hungry? <laughs> Are you hungry? Get ready to launch. Get ready your to lunch. Lunch. <laughs> lunch. Lunch your launch plans. <laughs> we're talking about launch plans, and I'm so excited. Dave Anderson is back. He's hey, been out for some time. You got, you got some time. You know, two reasons to be excited. There's someone over here in the shadows, I see. Wait, yes, let's... we definitely do. Today, we have with us Alex Bernadin. What's going on, Alex? What's up? Long-time listener, first-time co-host. <laughs> there you go. Let's get, let's get this bread. To Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a lead product manager with Stride right now. I've been building web applications in one shape or another since like 1996. First, I was a dev, then I was a dev team manager, project manager, agile coach, and now product manager. So I've seen, I've seen a lot of projects. Yeah. I've seen a lot of, got a lot of hats seen a lot in your of launches. <laughs> I got yeah. a lot of hats. I got a lot of hats. Seen a lot of launch plans and a lot of lunch plans. But today we're talking about launch plans. So. <laughs> So, yeah, tell me why I need a launch plan. Like, I like to keep it simple. You know, we've talked about continuous integration, continuous delivery. Like, I'm just fire hosing my commits to Maine. They're all, it, baby. They're all going it. out there for the world. I'm doing incremental delivery. I'm doing it right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why I need your, more your of a plan than that. Is broad. <laughs> my test suite your, is broad and deep. <laughs> yep. Yep, you got the robots testing everything, yeah. all the things, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. completely safe, yeah, compl- totally safe. Yep. So, okay, number one, not every team has that kind of test coverage, right? Like, that's just reality. Some teams are small, some products are new. You just don't have the kind of test coverage where you have that confidence level. So, that's one scenario. Yeah. Another possibility is even with all that test coverage, sometimes it's a big idea. Marketing's got a big idea. It's going to be a big, splashy launch, right? We're changing the web application layout. We're changing the whole page layout, and it's going to be huge, and it's a rebrand. We're moving the navigation because left-side navigation is boring, and now we want top navigation because that's the new sexy because <laughs> everything I guess, comes full I circle. I guess what you're telling me is I just shouldn't move the navigation items over to the, the top one by one and like randomly do that for users. Okay. You know, section by section of the site, like the navigation is just different on one page versus another. Yeah, yeah that okay. might be a bad, yeah, that might fair. be unpleasant. Okay. I'm starting to feel you. So yeah, the big clues would be if there's multiple teams involved or there's like a bunch of moving parts and maybe there's database changes or backend changes. Yeah. I feel like I've been in a situation there's, where there's just like you. integrations that are really hard to fake, like so you can yeah. you can like test them to the best of your ability. Maybe you have a second environment, but there's only one Salesforce. There's only one Stripe, really. So when you go live, you're going to really experience what changes you've made. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, the big cases definitely are when the timing's really key and other people who are not intimately involved need to know what's happening maybe customer support needs to know when a particular feature has gone out maybe they're going to change a bunch of faqs on the site when that feature changes there's all sorts of possibilities where multiple teams are involved multiple moving parts and it's like okay there's sometimes there's a sequence that's important or you just want to make sure people know things at certain times yeah 
those are all good clues that you can't just, you know, let CD do its thing. If you just <laughs> let CDs do its thing, things would get messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. CD will not send my press release or notify the sales team or, you know, <laughs> any number of yeah. other things. It can, though. I, maybe I'll work on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Bobby? I don't know if you have used launch plans before. No, I think I think a lot of the times it's left to like the CI/CD work. When I've seen launch plans, when I hear a launch plan, a lot of the times it's not very agile, unfortunately, where it's like, oh, we have a launch plan and the day we're going to release this thing is in three months. So get to it. And it's like, right. whether we promises were hit made. that or not. <laughs> yeah, prom- yeah, promises. That's, that's where I get like the idea of the launch plan is great if you were using it to plan on a date that is not set, but 90% of the time, it's like, oh yeah, I told the people in the suits upstairs, we'd be done in three months. Right. So, oh no, yeah. And we we told them we'd deliver everything. So let's launch that. And it's like, no, that's not the way to do I, that. Yeah, and, I guess what I'm hearing you say is like, there's a ghost of waterfall in that. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very interesting like tightrope that you have to follow. Because I imagine... You know, with a launch plan and you can have every single organization aware of this new feature that's going to be released to with your brand and what to do step by step is great. But oftentimes that gets overwritten by a due date and then everyone works towards that due date versus working towards the building of the thing regardless of time, if that made sense. Hmm. And so the way that I've often... Hmm, I get what you're saying. I totally, totally acknowledge that. And that is one of the anti-patterns, I would say, with a launch plan. Because I'm not talking about something that you've written three months ago. I'm talking about something like it should be on the scale of days or maybe a week. Mm -hmm. And the way that I've done it has always been sort of like NASA, right? Like there's the launch moment and then there's things that have to happen before the launch. And maybe that's like, maybe it's just step, 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 but maybe there's a script that has to run or a data migration or something that's going to take two hours. So, okay, let's make sure we do this two hours before we want to hit that launch. Okay, we've got to notify so-and-so a day before because they have to do a thing and somebody else has to do something. Well, that has to happen three days before. So, you're working backwards from the moment, but it's all relative to that moment Mm -hmm. of launch. Right. It's like, it's not predetermined. It's not preset. It is whenever we're ready, we're going to start this routine. And now we, because we talked about it, we know this routine is going to take, maybe it only takes 20 minutes. That's fine. But maybe it takes three days because of these things. And if you know that, then you say, okay, well, whenever all the other pieces are ready, we're going to need three days to, from when we say go, it's going to be three days. It's like in Star Wars, when they go to blow up, not Alderaan, but the second one, and they're like waiting to clear the planet, right? And they're like watching the picture of like the Death Star coming around the planet. And then it's finally suddenly like, okay, we're clear. And then he says, okay, you may fire when ready. And then they start the whole process. And because they took so long, then they get blown up. But if they had known how long that launch, that thing was going to take to fire, <laughs> and they know how long it takes them to move around the planet, they could have hit it. They could have had that shot. They could have just peeked around the corner and like sniped him. Just like right right there. Just like poof. 
and then sorry, go I back. got a little caught right, up. They, they, they gotta try, yeah, I mean, I gotta watch that scene because I'm no yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> Alex so Bernadine, uh, noted fan of the Empire. Empire did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> hey, for the record, for the record, for the record, not a fan of the Empire. But there's always. <laughs> Oh. In any situation, you could see where optimizations could have been made, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's, it's a case study. Okay. I can appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, so we have kind of our things like our pre launch checklist, our launch checklist, and our post launch checklist, at the very least, like three categories. But, you know, obviously you can get pretty detailed with that. So you can. And like fundamentally, the motivation for using a launch checklist, is it comes out of, not comes out of, but if you ever read the book called The Checklist Manifesto, it's a great exploration of like why checklists are awesome and why mm. they're, they're so useful in so many places. Like everything from people flying a plane to people running surgery, like the basic idea is it's not that what you're doing in any of those moments is particularly difficult. But if you have it, if you have thought it through beforehand and you know the steps, then you just remove the need to be making those evaluations in that moment. Right. And it makes it safer and it makes it so that things can happen more consistently and with fewer failure points. So when we fired up to do this episode, hey, it's been a minute. Oh, wait, we have a doc. Oh, the doc has bullet list. Oh, we're supposed to do this step. Oh, yeah, right. We're supposed to do breakfast check. Oh, yeah, right. We're supposed oh, to do yeah. this step, okay, step, do, step, step. We do kind of have a checklist on there. Oh. It's a checklist. Manifesto. Didn't know. Yeah. Didn't know it was on it. That yeah. sounds pretty great, though. I, I, would, I would love to check out that book. I feel like there's probably something adjacent to, like, flow in that as well. Where, like, when you have a structured backlog of work, it makes it a lot easier. Like, you don't have to think about what pants you're taking out of the closet like it's like these pants are on the top of the backlog so that's the <laughs> these are the pants i'm wearing today <laughs> or whatever <laughs> wait how many metaphors is that it's too many sorry okay let's move on <laughs> pants do you stack your pants in your drawer <laughs> yeah yeah i have a pants back i should have a t-shirt backlog <laughs> more like it's a queue and you just pick up from the top of the queue top, and yeah top of the queue put them on that's how i have my t-shirts yeah too. yeah actually that's i took that from bobby like i took <laughs> i have a queue t-shirt that i just take and i go <laughs> put them on I'm out. if it's friday if it's friday it must be rick and morty there we go <laughs> I, got, I gotta i gotta have a checklist though you know get, get uh, so I, I do have a question about the checklist is like how do you know if it's too, like, if you have too many in the checklist? Like, is there an idea of like, because I think here's a problem that, that I can imagine would exist. You know, some people like to look like they do a lot of work and that can include adding a lot of items on a checklist. So if it's like, yo, man, if we have a 50 checklist document, like they're going to look like we're doing everything, but it could be very, very wasteful. Is it just like the idea of knowing exactly the thing that is blocking the previous thing and then putting that in the checklist and then like just kind of deleting any checklist that isn't fully relevant or required? For me, I think I consider myself an Agilist with a capital A. So I like to keep it as simple as possible. I like to have just barely enough structure to get by. So 
the thought process there is, what are the essential pieces? You want to make sure that anyone who needs to do something to get the product out is included in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Because then not only are you making sure you have your bases covered, but also everyone knows, everyone's hurt, had the conversation. Everyone's like, okay, this is, this is what we're going to do. These are the steps mm-hmm. we're going to follow. Cool. Great. Everyone's on board. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, it really is about keeping it as simple as you can. I mean, ideally, you've got scripts. Ideally, you have CICD. Ideally, you have automation, right? So that you're not having to go through and type a million commands. But Mm -hmm. it is that conversation amongst the team of like, what really has to happen? And if that list is short, then keep that list short. Like, please keep it simple. Make it a five-minute process. Like, I'm wondering how important is it for the checklist or launch plan to make sense to someone who's not on the team or someone who's like not involved in carrying out the work. I am a fan of having a designated launch coordinator. So on the team that I'm on right now, we had a situation a month ago where we were going to be rolling a feature out. And as we were about to roll it out, we said, oh, wait, wait, wait. If we're going to roll this out as a new feature for customers, if we're going to roll this out, we should really be empowering people to turn notifications on and off, which we hadn't built yet. Mm. Like, oh, okay, we got to build that first. So we put the branch kind of on a shelf, right? And then now we have two different features that are not technically connected, but they're going to go out at the same time. Mm. And both of the product managers on the team were going to be on vacation that week. Perfect. And so it's like, Perfect. Huh. You know what we should try here? Maybe we should try a launch plan because that would make us all feel a little more comfortable that it had been thought through and that it was just like, boom, 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 do the things. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, what we decided was, okay, there should be, so you avoid what's called the tragedy of the commons. We're going to have one person who is going to be the launch coordinator. Right. And there's nothing magic about that job. (laughs) It's not like you need special skills. But it's someone who's been in the conversation, has thought it through, and they're going to drive it. They're going to be the one saying, okay, do the next thing. Okay, do the next thing. Okay, do the next thing. It's like if you have an emergency and someone's like, if you're in a medical context, there's one person who's kind of running the code, right? They're running this, the situation and they're paying attention to all the things and they're saying, you do this, you do that. And so having that coordinator pre-chosen means... Like, someone's going to make sure this thing happens. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that, like, the rock star who is, like, pulling out all the stops to get it done or think of all the things that's happening. It's still, like, the team that has, like, vetted the plan and agreed on the plan. Yes. But they're the ones who are, like, you know, setting the rhythm for it yeah we did a similar thing with like an incident if you had a a problem or an incident we would say okay you have to have an incident coordinator and that's just the person who's sitting there watching and kind of moving things forward right so that it does not have to be the most senior person Mm. It, it could be anybody on the team it's just like okay this is my role in this situation and if you do that then to me you can apply the same concept that you do with user stories which is to say, this document doesn't make, have to make sense to anyone off the street. It just has to make sense to the team who's going to use it. Right. So it has to make sense to the launch coordinator, and it should make sense to the team. It does not 
have to have all the data that someone just who's never seen the thing could be able to run the the launch. That would be that would make for a very large, complicated document. Right. And I guess like there's probably like something as part of that as like communications as part of the launch plan or like an executive summary of like what what all value is being driven or like from different perspectives depending on the feature, like the user or the executives or uh, shareholders or the public. For me, I use this document really fairly precisely to drive the safe deploy of a feature Mm -hmm. and tend to do the follow-up checks. It's not about like reporting status on the project. It's not about you know, showing value to stakeholders. It's really just that moment of did all of the technical pieces line up? Did the feature go out correctly? And was it checked to make sure that it's live and that it's, you know, didn't break shit? Right. Like, <laughs> it's in front of the users and, the, and they're like, you know, engaging with it. Yeah. And that's where we have like, we'll have some post deploy steps as well, which are good to pre-think like, hey, you're turning on SMS notifications. How can we tell if that worked? How can we tell if anyone got a notification? Somebody better figure out where that monitor is. Right. Go, go find that report. Because <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> if you're looking for it when you need it and you realize you don't have the login and the person who can give you the login is on vacation, that's not going to be good. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. It's a good validation on the, like how observable like some of the hidden parts of the system is like i think that's when you get into like logging and like exception tracking and visibility on these like integrations and things like that yeah definitely cool i'm gonna need a launch plan for myself i feel like checklists would be really good to have for me to just like operate in the world although i am a little impatient with writing a checklist this is definitely Mm -hmm. something i want to incorporate even in my own life but it's also in the deliverables that i have just so that i don't push to production and then like you know freak out whenever (laughs) something goes wrong you know i love checklists my wife is even more type a than i am i'm like type a retired but we have checklists that we use when we're packing for trips. I was just thinking about this. I was like, my vacation. We have one for the dog. <laughs> the dog checklist. <laughs> then we have a dog yeah. packing checklist. We have, yeah. Checklists are great. I'm a big fan. Yeah. It just makes me think of like my first backpacking trip I ever did where you get like that RAI checklist. Then you're like, okay, like this is how I am not going to get into a horrible situation. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, yeah, like taking a flight getting into the wilderness, like deploying some yeah. code, those real times, you know, it's high stakes. You gotta, you gotta get it right. Or you want to get it right the first time. <laughs> yeah. And you do that with the checklist, whether you're out fighting in the wild or deploying to production. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now, however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.